0: Good morning. Good morning. Howdy. Howdy. Uh, like was so kindly said. We are James and Kat, and uh, we just we love you guys. We love being here. This is part of our family, and we have missed you. Uh, so come visit us. Yeah. <laughs> These guys. Um, so like <laughs> like Tyler and Chris said, we live uh, in the Middle East, and uh, currently that's where God has invited us to be part of seeing His kingdom expanded and uh, it's an adventure it's it's crazy uh really he's up to really good really really good things and we get to be part of that um but we wouldn't be ready for that if our time here like if he hadn't brought us here and so we we really do feel connected here this is our family and we're happy to be here today um so uh that was a great intro thanks you okay page 2 next all right um Today, we are continuing the series of We Are the Church, uh, and today, we're going to talk about relational culture. Um, that is something that you might say, oh, yeah, relational cu- I know people, so that makes me really good at relational culture. First off, nobody is really good at relational culture because we're people, and we just we do our own thing all the time, but we see that the church is called to live differently, uh, not just to like, know people kind of maybe but to genuinely know and be known and to let the love of God flow through that that place of relationship. So I'd like for you to all turn to a very obscure passage in the Bible, Acts 2, 42 through 47. Um, That is a a key passage for the Antioch movement. While you're doing that, uh, let me just explain a little bit of what we do in the Middle East. Uh, We are regional pastoral oversights. We have the privilege of overseeing the 40... Um, Antioch teams serving in the Middle East and in Africa. So that means that we get to help take care of them pastorally. We get to be there for them uh, in various ways as they go through the ups and downs of life. And then we are also planting churches uh, as well. And so there's a lot going on, uh, but that takes a lot of relationship and building that. And not just having a relationship, but being worthy of trust. And so we want to talk with you about that, share a little bit about how we experience that Uh, in the Middle East where we live, and then also how we've seen that here and challenge you to do that as well. All right, Acts 2, 42. Uh, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of the bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need, Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So they lived in community, the first church. And it was so dynamic, so transformative, that they were called little Christs. They knew that these people, the world knew, these people Look different from us, they look like their master, Jesus. We want to live like that. So, there's really two sides to relational culture. So, we're going to talk through that. The first is what you bring, and then the second would be what you receive. Okay? So, let's talk about what you bring to community, community relational culture. Uh, Really, what you can bring is vulnerability, you can allow yourself to truly be known. Um, As we moved overseas, we took a role that was specifically about giving uh, or providing covering and pastoral care and being there for people who are on the field. So we went with the expectation to serve, and rightly so. And we found that it wasn't until uh, we actually began to kind of open up about our own lives with our people, uh, that's when things started to really click. And that's kind of difficult because... We live in one city, in one country, and our people live on different continents, in different cities, places that we've never been before. It was really interesting to see that just an email, little quick intro blurb, like didn't do the trick. You know, we had to actually go the extra mile. We shared our highs and our lows, and they began to ask about those things. They began to uh, go from being um, like colleagues, you know, people we work with, to like, oh, these people care. Oh, wow, I, I'm being blessed here. This is great. And as, as there was that openness, then they said, okay, now you can, okay, now I will receive your help. I will, I will let you into my world. It was a surprise because, you know, it's not easy being the vulnerable one, you know. It's just not in us all the time.
1: Yeah. Um, one way where I got to experience that in the providence of God is, some of you know, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis just a couple months after we moved overseas, and so here we are trying to establish this new, like, hey, we're here to come care for you, and people kept, as they learned of my diagnosis, asking, like, how are you doing? What are you feeling like today? And I wrestled with, I'm not here to talk about me, I'm here to talk about you, how are you? But I realized over over the course of that that people don't I mean no one wants to be a part of something that's one-sided and so as I was honest with this is how I'm feeling this is where I'm discouraged this is where I'm struggling this is what I need um, people were so much more willing to trust me and then to reach out in those same ways for themselves and so that was just God's providence that to set me up to need to be weak and vulnerable but anyway just to say like we need to bring vulnerability to our community um, something else that we can bring that's important to bring is a choice to believe the best about the people you're in relationship with. Um, it is not an automatic. I, I know nobody's perfect. We all make mistakes, but let's go ahead and make a choice to trust the heart of the, per, the other people in our community. So <laughs> a funny story. So before James and I got married, um, we had this I had this fear. I had
0: The week of our wedding.
1: Yeah, yeah, this conflict happened. Not great timing. Um, okay, so I married in to Antioch. Yes. And, and I kept hearing James talk about his life group, and they were hanging out all the time. And I was like, who are these people who are, like, always at your house or you're always with them, you eat together, you, you know. And, yeah, the week before we got married, I was like, are these people, your friends, going to be in the delivery room with me when we have babies? Like, who are these people
0: we didn't have kids for four more years. Yeah, yeah. It's like the but week I, I of had fears.
1: <laughs> I had fears. As I got to actually know the people that I was talking about, uh, it became way less scary. I've actually been in the delivery room now with with friends. It's precious, I, and it was, I yeah. And I loved having them those friends come to see our babies. So, turns out it wasn't anything I needed to worry about. But just to say, I had this fear of like these people pushing themselves into my life and like crossing all these these boundaries and. I didn't need to have that fear. I didn't know. And that's just, I'm just saying, that's a place where we can choose to believe the best about people. Like, hey, they actually just want to love me and be a part of the experiences I'm having. I don't need to be afraid of that. Yeah. Um, Another thing that's important to bring to community is just your presence. Guys, life is hard. Hard things happen, and it's made so much more tolerable, endurable, precious by the people that God has surrounded us with. Um, And just an example of how I've experienced this, and many of us were part of this, but um, several years ago, I was in an early morning discipleship meeting when my phone rang, and it was Tyler, Tyler doesn't usually call me, especially at 6.30 in the morning, and so I answered, and he was at the house of some life group friends of ours whose child had passed away during the night, and they wanted life group to come, and we lived just a couple streets away, and so I was one of the first people there, and just, I mean, I didn't have... Couldn't do anything to help that. Like that was, there was nothing to do but cry. But to be present in that time, our whole life group showed up, and it was one of the most, one of the most painful, but one of the most beautiful processes I've ever been a part of. And even in that, um, in that, in that first day, there was another friend who also had lost a child just a couple months before, and I remember watching her through her tears, telling this newly. This new, this mom whose child had just passed away, like our babies are like splashing in the river of life together and they're like sitting in the lap of Jesus together. And I just saw that like, you know, there's that verse um, in 2 Corinthians actually that says like we comfort others with the comfort that we've received. Like that is lived out in community and we don't want our suffering to be wasted. And so when we receive from God what we need and from others what we need, we're able to turn around and like redeem the pain, and the suffering that we walk through. So bring your presence to those situations.
0: All right, so vulnerability, believing the best presence, ministry of presence. Let's talk about what you receive from community. Um, we have found that uh, the one of the taglines from this church here is where you become family, and that's really, really true. When you go through these hard things with people, uh, not just their, their highs, but their lows, there's a bond that's created. And I think that God created us for that. So when we talk about we're made for relationship, I think that's what it actually is in reference to. Um, and we have found uh, friends that really do feel like family. Uh, fierce friendship is forged uh, over time uh, through these highs and lows, and it transcends distance, it transcends location, transcends even the details of a specific event. So I had a a situation where somebody really offended me, and I was telling uh, one of my friends about this, just a close confidant, and he instantly was like, I'm going to come up there and find them in a dark alley and take care of this for you. And I was like, I feel so loved right now, you know? (laughs) I did not give the, the GPS of where the other person was. Um, but I felt so loved because it wasn't with this friend, this close friend. It wasn't about whether I was wrong or what happened or all of that. Uh, it was just about him choosing to stand with me. Just he had nothing to do with the situation. He didn't even live in the same city uh, at all. Like, But it just it spoke to me deeply. That's actually one of those those banner moments for me as like, wow, this is what it means to be loved by someone. Um, what's really cool with that specific friend, he and his wife, they uh, they were on some of our first mis- overseas mission trips. Uh, we were in life group uh, back in college, uh, back when Kat married in. Uh, and they now serve overseas uh, in a different country than where we live. And we like we still have this friendship, though we don't get to spend a lot of time together. It's not about this oh, I, I got to have my two hours with you every week kind of deal. It's, it's about this bond that has been made over time. And there's so much trust there. There's so much love there. And cross me, and he's going to meet you in a back alley. <laughs> so.
1: Great. Yeah, so something else that we receive from community is forgiveness. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, we, it, it can be messy, guys. We, we make mistakes. We get our feelings hurt or we hurt other people. And it needs to be a high priority to just bring things up, to seek resolution and restoration quickly. Um, sometimes, I mean, do tend your hearts. I, I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Go before Jesus and ask for truth in exchange for lies and, and all of that. Because we can't do relationship in a whole healthy way. Um, when we're still carrying around stuff from the past but even healthy people hurt each other so we need to be committed to going to the other person and either apologizing or explaining what happened um, to get clarity um, i have a story about ashley and i back in the day and she has she knows i'm gonna say this um, but we so we moved here like nine and a half years ago whatever um, and i again i wasn't used to walking closely with people and Anyway, she, we, we were meeting for discipleship every couple weeks, and she had said something at some point that I was offended by. She, didn't, she wasn't wrong. I just I didn't understand what she meant, or I took it the wrong way. I don't even remember. But I had my feelings hurt about it, and I didn't say anything to her because I thought, well, the problem is me. She didn't do anything wrong, so I don't, she doesn't need to know that I'm bothered. But it kind of just was in the background of my mind, and I was having a hard time like trusting her because of this little thing. And anyway, it came up, as these things always do, so you might as well just go for it sooner. But when I told her, like, well, this thing kind of bothered me. And she, she asked, well, why didn't you say anything? And I said, well, it wasn't your problem, it's my problem. And she said, if it had been James that offended you, would you have said something? And I said, well, yes, but he's my husband. We're, like, in this committed relationship, and we want it to be the best that it can be. <laughs> Um, so it's worth, like, putting that effort into, and I'll never forget, Ashley pushed her chair away from the table, and she said, "Cat, I am committed to you and to this relationship. We will work these things out. Bring it to me, you know, like, let's have these conversations, and I mean, that, <laughs> I had never been told that before, and it just taught me so much about being committed to the people you're in relationship with. Like, you can't build something if you never have hard conversations, if there's never... You know, that speaking the truth in love, being willing to ask questions and seek clarity, like, that's important. And if you don't do that, you only have superficial relationships. So have the hard conversations. Even when you, I mean, cry. Say, you you know, yes, sometimes you understand things wrong. Whatever, it's fine. Just we're all growing and doing it together. So offer forgiveness, ask for forgiveness. It's important. Yeah. Yeah. Something else that we receive from community is the gift of other people's faith. Um, I mentioned earlier that I was, you know, I had this diagnosis a couple, what, two years ago, and, you know, there are, as in any difficult situation, you, there's this roller coaster of ups and downs, and, you know, there were times where I have had, there are times where I have had high faith for my healing. I, you know, I, and I am contending for complete healing and restoration of my brain. Um, but there are other times where it's hard to stir up that faith. And I'm like, well, yeah, I want healing, but I can't honestly say that every day I feel like high faith for that. And I was talking with a good friend of mine who's here um, about this early on in this process, and I was like, I just, I'm tired. I don't have the faith for this. And if faith is like a requirement for God healing me, like, how am I going to get there? And she was like, Kat, I have faith for your healing. Lean on me. And I was like, okay. And that, again, that mattered so much to me. Like, I don't have to have everything all the time. Like, there are people around me who will carry me in my weakness. And that was precious to me. And I have since gotten to, like, have that same faith for someone else. One of the families on the field with us that we serve, they're also going through just a hard health thing um, just in the last couple months. And a similar situation. She was telling me, like, Kat, I don't, I don't know if I have faith for this. I want it, but I'm tired, and I don't know if I can keep believing for it. And I got the chance to say, like, I have faith for that. You know, I, I am standing here before the throne of heaven until this thing happens. Um, and that's just a gift from God. God gives that faith, but we get to receive that. When we walk in community with other people, we benefit. We get to, to ride on that faith. Um, yeah, and it's powerful. There's actually, this is biblical, and we're going to show you a little clip um, about this. Um, I don't know if any, how many of you have seen The Chosen about the life of Jesus? Oh my goodness. If you don't do anything else, well, walk in community healthy and watch The Chosen, okay? (laughs) Um, Yeah, so we're going to show you a clip of this story from the Bible where someone was healed because of his friend's faith. It's powerful. cannot be hid. And if it were nighttime, Zebedee wouldn't light his lamp and put it under a basket, put it
0: on the stand where it could light us all. Jesus of Nazareth!
1: I saw what you did to the leper on the road this morning.
0: My friend has been paralyzed since childhood. He has no hope but you. Please, do for him what you did for the leopard. That's a rope! Put it back, man! tablet, at least. Harry! Is he in danger? I don't know. No, I don't think so. He's got room in there? Yes.
1: Can you believe we're really here for this? me
0: if you are willing rabbi
1: you know you can't i'm talking to you by whom do you teach certainly not the authority of any rabbi from nazareth where did you study your faith is beautiful son
0: take heart your sins are forgiven Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? own? Right. But I ask you, which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or rise up and walk? It's easy to say anything, no? But to show you so that you may know that the son of man has the authority on earth to forgive sins Amen. Amen. I love that show. So good. I love Jesus. So good. Faith. Faith. Thank you, God. All right. Um, Seriously, we've got to go watch the rest of that later. Um, What we receive. We receive help and support in other ways as well. Um, Tangible ways that I have Received support and help from this community. I want to give you two of my favorite examples. When we moved here, the day we moved to College Station, we didn't know anybody. We knew the Hardys, like you said, we had kind of knew them a little bit. We knew some of the people on staff, and that was it. But uh, they had rallied a whole group of people to come and help us unload our U-Haul. And in in all the kerfuffle that is moving and unloading and all that kind of stuff, uh, my dog threw up in the back of my car okay? It was horrible. Um, and I came out of uh, our little duplex on Deacon. I came out outside and I found this bright, smiling, bald-headed guy named Chris Surface. who's right over there. And he had taken it upon himself to clean the back of my car where my lab had decided to leave a mark. And I had never met him before ever. And I was like, let's go, hey, and he he's like finished, you know, like I didn't even know this was happening, I didn't ask him to do this, and he's like wiping his hands off, and he's like, hey man, got it, no problem, by the way, welcome to College Station, I'm Chris, and I was just like, I love you so much, like, and he still has that same smile right there, right there, it just, like, it was something that he could do, he brought what he had, you know, and nobody asked, as far as I know, nobody asked him to do that, I was planning on taking care of that, but he did it. Um, another time that we moved, you know, that's when your friends show who they really are. Uh, there was a big group of people who came, and again, we were surprised and overwhelmed at all the help. There were people moving boxes around for us. There were people cleaning. Several guys brought their uh, their lawn mowers and started mowing my lawn. If you need a blessing, just move. People will start taking care of all your stuff. Um, but one of the people that was there was Micah Flippin, and Micah, I don't know if he's here today, but Micah brought his family with him, which I thought was odd. Like I, I, was like, your kids are little, like they can't help, you know, like what's going on? And he was like, No, 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 we are going through each room in your new house, and we are praying and worshiping over each room. We want this home to be filled with the presence of God. I was floored. Like I didn't ask Micah to do that, um, and I. I I was like I, I even now like I just took a step back and was like wow like they're bringing the presence of God into my home before I even like sleep here. And as I've gotten to know the Flippins over the years, that's what they do. They carry the presence of God with them everywhere. Their family does it. That's what they do. It's who they are. They brought that. Like that's what they brought to the table that day. Um and that That's something that stuck with me. Thanks to everybody else who moved the boxes. Thank you, Flippins, for bringing the presence of God into my home. Because that's what I really needed. That's what I needed. Um, They brought what they had. That was the true blessing. And we've seen this community come together to bless other people. Like, not just us. We've seen them come together to pay off student loans. Thou- tens of thousands of dollars of student loans paid off because people rallied together and said, we want to see you free so that you can pursue the call of God on your life. We've seen them buy cars for other people. That's that's always fun. Uh, one life group one time in the early days got together and secretly bought a piano for a lady in their life group because she had felt a call to grow in worship and just didn't have a way to do that. And so they bought a, they bought a piano for her. They surprised her because they believed in her. And her calling. Um, It just, it's what's inside of you. Like, that's what people need. That's what they need. Uh, And then we have also personally been provided for by community. We've gone on several mission trips. People have given to those financially. They have prayed for those things. Uh, They've asked how we, like, what that was like. They've gone on because of what they saw. It's been amazing. We currently, we live on support overseas and just to let you know, 50, 50, 58% of our financial support comes from people here in this church, which is a blow away to know that there are people who are saying, hey, we want to financially back what you're doing because we believe in you and we believe in the call of God on your life. That's so humbling. And I do not say that. that's not a, like a gimmick or whatever. Like, It is deeply, deeply humbling um, to stand before you uh, because we feel We feel your love on a very, very, very regular basis. Um, And then also with multiple sclerosis, I don't know if you know that, there's not a cure for that in this world. There's not one. They're working on it, but we've got a long way to go. We currently uh, have medication, and it is at this point the cutting edge technology, and it is so expensive, so very, very, very expensive, and it is not covered. Um, However... Uh, since Kat's diagnosis, we have received, uh, people have stepped up and just said, hey, we want to help pay for this because we believe in you and we want the best for you. And actually, so for the last two years, every single medical cost has been covered by the body of Christ. Yes, you could cheer for that. I, We cheer for it. And just last month, we got uh, on our, yeah, we found out that someone said, hey, we want to go ahead and pay for all of next year's treatment as well. So that's for next year, like that we just don't even have to think about. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, community. Thank you. Amen. Having said all that, we, uh, since the coronavirus came and you know, ruined everyone's plans, we were going to have a meet and greet to share more about what God's doing in our lives and to get to know you. Being away means we don't get to meet everyone. There's so many new faces here. We don't get to to know you in the same way as if we were here. So instead, Zoom, thank you, Jesus, uh, we are going to have a meet and greet Zoom party today, and it's going to be a party uh, at 2 o'clock on that Zoom ID, 982016, whatever that is. So what we'd like for you to do is to write that down. You can also go to anoxys.org slash greet. And we would love to interact with you there. It's not the same, I know. But we want to tell you. We want to tell you what life is like. We want to tell you a little bit more about what we do. We want for you to get to see us kind of like just as much as we can, you know. And also, we will be sharing our needs, the things that we need to cover. But that's not the point. The point is to get to know you. The point is to be connected to you. And so that is today at 2 o'clock. Please come. We'll be there. You be there.
1: Um, And just real quick, guys, we were talking about all the great things about community and, um, you know, the ways, what we can bring to it, what we receive from it. And I just want to say real quick, community is awesome. The point is not to stay and be like, here are all my best friends, we're so comfortable, I love it, and never, like, reach outside of that. And so real quick, just want to say, like, Um, The point is, you know, the end of Acts 2, 42 through 47 that we read all the time, the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So our point, the point is that we spur each other on to then turn and reach out to the world outside, to those who don't know Jesus, and maybe they're lonely. You know, the whole about putting the lonely in families, like that's what God does. And so we get to be a part of that by having a solid community and then turning around and pulling people into that. Um, We have... We don't want to be a clique or like a, just a, we're, what is that, the holy huddle, the bubble that's like, yeah, that's not the point. So we want to be focused on reaching out to other people. And we've seen that happen too. I think we're out of time to tell a lot of these stories, sorry. But it happens, people encounter Jesus and have their lives transformed because someone invites them to life group. And then their whole family is different. And yeah, so it is, it's worth doing. And it is not just about being comfortable and having fun friendships. It's about seeing our City and our world transformed by the love of Jesus.
0: Yeah, and that really does happen. Like, uh, as you love Jesus by loving other people, their lives really do get transformed, and that can happen. In a life group, just super quick story: We had two people from a house church that we uh, co-lead, and they just they came in. Someone invited them, and they were broken and hurting people. There's a guy and a girl, and the guy he now a year later is, I mean, you can see the confidence radiating from him because he doesn't he feels like he doesn't have to prove anything to anyone anymore. He doesn't uh, he's not starting at the bottom; he's starting as an equal. The gal she came in with thick, tough masks. It was hard it was not easy yet she just kept coming and our people just kept loving her and now a, literally a year later she is completely different like the teachings of Jesus and the community of Jesus have changed her life she now seeks this out it just it's it's completely mesmerizing but really that's the gospel the power of transformation through the teachings of Jesus through his presence and through his people who carry his presence and his love day in, day out. That's who we're called to be. We want to challenge you um, really quickly uh, with three things. So write these down. Challenge number one, be intentional about what you bring to community. So just a quick recap. That was vulnerability, believing the best, practicing the presence of ministry, ministry of presence, presence in your relationship, intentionally being there. Second challenge, initiate with someone to listen to their story. Just sit, listen. That could be a Zoom call when the kids go down. That could be a socially distant lunch. I don't know how that works, but figure it out. Um, But just listen and invite someone to share their story. You'd be surprised at the number of people who have never been asked to share. And don't judge them or say, oh, yeah, me too. Just listen. Let them share. Just listen. Uh, and number three, ask Jesus. Uh, ask Jesus, where can I intentionally shine your love to people today, outside of my where I'm comfortable? Is that a coworker? Is that a neighbor? Is that uh, what? Well, I don't know. I don't know what he's going to say. But ask him. He has thoughts on this, and he wants to speak to you, and he wants to shine his light to other people. In closing, Acts two forty four through forty seven. I just want to. This is where we're headed. And all the believers were together and had everything in common. They had been sharing with one another. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. And praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Heavenly Father, may we be a people who are so focused on you that everywhere we look is an opportunity to open up, to pour out your love, and also to receive your love. We need it. Would you help us in the places where we are weak? Oh God, that is scary. It can be so scary. We need you. Would you meet us there? And we ask in the name of Jesus that we would be transformed more and more into your image and into your likeness so that when people look at us, they see you. We need you, God. Do this in us in a deeper way. In Jesus' name, amen.